Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters, helping you kick your family's ass at Monopoly since 2013. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my name is Thomas, and I'm here as always with my good friend, Andrew. Andrew, how are you? And are you still drinking the Japanese beer from last week? Oh, no, dude. I, I finished my <laughs> beer in a day. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, one episode, one beer? That's damn right. Uh, well, because I have so <laughs> many good beers in the fridge right now. Like, uh, you know, Christmas had happened, and I have like an influx of fancy beers. Um, oh, so is that I, what you get for Christmas? I, I guess like everyone has uh, figured out it's like a really easy, good gift for me. Um, yep. <laughs> I love it. So I, I got a Harvey's Town Ola Dubba. And it's like a special reserve 21. I don't know Ooh. if like... It looks fancy. I mean, the head brewer and the master of wood both sign the label. I don't know what master of wood means, but it sounds sexy. And maybe when I grow up, I'll become one. I don't know. Maybe it's like the people who choose the kind of barrels they age in or something. Oh, true. Could be. Is it a barrel aged? Yes. Beer? It is. Um, and that's probably what it is. In, in a barrel that was from malt scotch whiskey. Ooh, that sounds good. What are you well, drinking, Well, I definitely sir? like malt scotch whiskey. I'm still drinking water, uh, but I still have some of that butter chocolate and almonds. So <laughs> it's a little less boring, I guess. But yeah, I just got my water bottle. And I think our guest is just drinking water as well, given what I've seen on the Skype. Yep, just Plain old glass of water. I guess we're boring today, Andrew. Someone's got to get wasted, so I'll just go to me. Yeah, you got to drink all for the three of us, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, today we have a guest on our show. His name is Cal Zern, and Cal is here to explain something that Andrew and I basically have no conception of, no idea about, and that is options. So we've heard all about options, but uh, Cal is here to totally school us on it. So welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. Pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Yeah. Absolutely. And you said you were in Manhattan? Manhattan Beach, Beach California. Yeah. Down by oh, Manhattan. Ba- okay. So I was like, is there a beach in Manhattan? Because I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, you don't swim in it. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I remember walking across the bridge with you and I was like, I don't remember seeing any beaches whatsoever. <laughs> nor people swimming in the bay. Everyone that steps into the that. water melts. <laughs> so wait where is manhattan beach then is that like near la or? Uh, yeah yeah actually if you fly into lax it's just south of the airport so if you head south like 10 minutes it's like the first beach you hit if you go the oh, other okay. way you've heard of like venice and santa monica mm. that's yeah equal, that's equal distance the other way oh. okay i've been to uh i've been to huntington beach a bunch of times okay so that's like 45 minutes further gotcha okay i always end up in um anaheim whenever i go to la area because it's there's a conference i go to a lot there Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I'll be going there this minutes. year again. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, I guess, what are options? I don't think Andrew and I really know that <laughs> and, well what they are. And okay. treat us like we're five. Yeah, this is oh, absolutely, like man. Five. Like I said, I, I mentioned to you guys before, but when I started, same thing. I thought options were just this ridiculous, like for gamblers and people that were highly leveraged and you could lose your ass you know, if you did them wrong. But mm-hmm. they're not. So I'll tell you what options are, and then we can talk about more about how to use them correctly. But mm-hmm. options themselves are just a, a contract between two people. So what that means is you can just, you can kind of think of it as a bet. Like if we're betting on the Patriots, and I bet they win, and you bet they lose, and we bet 20 bucks. One of us wins 20 bucks. One of us loses 20 bucks. Same thing with options. If I'm the winner, I keep the money. If you're the winner on the other side of the contract, you keep the money. And that's essentially a buyer and a seller. You've heard about buying options. You can also sell options. And they're all, like I said, just it's just a contract. Okay. So it's not a real thing. 
it's not like a car because people say like how can you sell something you don't own it's not you're just taking the other side of a bet that's an option options options themselves are leveraged instruments you've heard that term and what that means is is one option equals 100 shares of stock so at any point in a trade if you buy an option for example you can turn that into 100 shares of stock if you sell an option and things go against you you can do something it's called assigned and what that means is they assign you 100 shares whether you want them or not so you have to know going in that an option equals 100 shares and they're leveraged which means the price is way cheaper than shares so as an example if there's a hundred dollar stock if i were to buy 100 shares of a hundred dollar stock i'm out what ten thousand bucks right right Mm -hmm. but you might be able to buy an option for um 500 bucks right because essentially it's everything you do in options when you're looking at a trade page you're going to multiply everything by a hundred so when you go to a trade page and look at options you're going to see things like five dollars and fifty cents for the option that's because it's a leveraged instrument and everything on that trade page you're going to multiply times 100 to get the real price so okay Okay. hold on a second so in the first example you're going to buy a stock a hundred a hundred shares for a hundred dollars and that that would cost you ten thousand dollars correct and so you're saying if i wanted to buy a hundred shares and own a hundred shares using an option because it's leveraged uh, I would pay less, I guess, because it's Correct. risky. You, you, you don't really own the shares. You control 100 shares of stock with an option. So let me give you like the characteristics of, characteristics of an option, and then we can go deeper because it's, you know, obviously it's easier to show it on a page and stuff, mm-hmm. but talking about it's a little bit more complicated. Yeah. But first thing to remember is options are leveraged. So options control or roughly equal or they equal 100 shares of stock. They're also – um, limited on time. They have an expiration. And that's why they're so much cheaper than stock. Because if okay. you buy stock, you can hang on to the rest of your life. It doesn't cost you anything. Right. But with options, you've got a time window. And there's multiple time windows. There's like weekly options, there's monthly options, there's options that go out to but, a year okay. away. Sorry, I'm, I, again. So, no, no, please, man, jump in anytime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so say, let's say like uh, we're, we're doing an option trade and like the window is like a week. Uh, and. I, I don't even think we got to like the meat yet, but let's say I win or, or I get the shares. Um, mm-hmm. You're saying, uh, I mean, I get to keep the shares after, I guess, the week or... You don't have to ever, ha- you don't a- ever have to turn an option into shares. Mm-hmm. You don't ever, you're never forced to do but that. But if, if I did want to, like say it was barrels of oil and I just kind of collect oil because I'm like a crazy person. Right. Um, so I could uh, keep them. Yeah, forever. so I'll give you an example of- Exactly. Let's do it. Let's do a like just pick oil. You know, mm-hmm. let's say let's say it was a hundred bucks a barrel. Okay, let's do it simple, like the same numbers. So, hundred shares of oil would cost you ten thousand bucks. Right. Let's say you can buy that that hundred dollar. And that's uh, I wanted to kind of give you the breakdown of. Let me actually let me explain the options first, so the, the example yeah. makes more sense because I have to kind of tell you how it works first, and then you can see how it can turn it turn into like a trade. So, equals hundred shares of stocks are leveraged. There's a time as element. As part of them, options expire. All of them do. You get to pick the expiration depend on when the cycle is. Okay. And there's multiple what they call expiration cycles. So they might be a week away, a month away, six months, a year, but they expire. That's the key. Mm-hmm. There's also a thing called strike prices. What that means is when you open up a list of options, you're going to see all these numbers. You know, if it's hundred dollar stock, you might see numbers that range from like fifty to two hundred. And they might be $1 increments, they might be $2.50 increments, it might be $5 increments, but the, 
but the point is there's different strikes, and they're going to be a range of numbers. So you get to pick the strike you buy. Okay, I'll explain that when we get to the trade thing, but you have to know there's multiple strikes. So even though there's a $100 stock, I might be able to buy a $50 strike or a 150 strike. It just changes my odds of winning, the, of winning on the trade. Okay. So that's important to know. Hard to kind of explain when you don't see it on a trade page, I understand, but you just need to know that these things exist. So when we talk about it, they make sense. So they're leveraged, they expire, there's different strike prices. You can buy or sell them. Like I said, you're basically making a bet. So the guy can buy them or the guy can sell them. Right? Mm. That's the big one. So the bet is the bet that you can buy it at a lower price in the future than the market price is going to be? Exactly. So okay. if I, let me, so now that you kind of know the basic details of an option, you know, mm -hmm. as far as time, leverage. So now let's go back to the oil scenario. Stock's 100 bucks right now, and you buy 100 shares, it's 10,000 bucks. But maybe you can buy that $100 call strike. It would be a call strike because there's two kinds of options, calls and puts, which you may have heard of. Yes. Calls, calls are generally things you buy when you want the stock to go up, and puts you buy if you want the stock to go down. That's the general okay. understanding. So I'm going to buy a call. So you, so the call is if the stock's going to go up? Correct. So like oil's at $100 a bill now. I'm going to buy a call because I think it's going to be $200 like six months from now. Exactly. So, and so does the call basically give me the option to sell them to, at that point? To buy them at $100. Oh, to buy them at 100 Okay. So, oh, is it kind of like what Southwest did where it was like we have the option to buy oil at like 50 bucks a barrel regardless of when it is and then like shot Absolutely. up? Absolutely. Exact okay. same thing. So whatever strike I use is the number I'm either going to buy or sell my shares at. So in the case of oil, if I think it's going up, I buy 100 strike. If it goes up to 200 in the next month, obviously I've got a huge profit on my option. But if I want to, I can turn that that call into 100 shares of stock at 100 bucks. I could say I want to buy 100 shares at 100 bucks, and now and I own the shares. Sell them well, you, you, you can just to. sell the option for the profit too. But if you wanted to hang on to oil because you thought it was going to 300, for example, and the option is going to expire after 30 days, you can say I want the stock now. I can buy it. Oh, okay. So you kind of have two choices. Yeah, it's like buy you, could buy, you could buy the stock for much lower than it actually is. So now you just like own a ton of stock and you didn't actually have to pay for a lot of it. And then you can hold it for even more gains. Or what you're saying is you can actually sell the option before it expires to somebody else exactly. for now $200 price. It's going to go up in price. Not not exactly okay. proportional to the stock. But. Slow down. Slow okay. down real quick. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it okay. So because um, I, I, I attempted to explain this to Laura and I think like – the buying and selling words that we use are confusing because um, that is just the contract. That has nothing to do with if you think it's going to go up, you think it's going to go down. Cal, you could sell me a contract or I could sell you a contract. If I sold you a contract, you'd buy it. But the contract itself would be a call or a put in that you think it's going to go up or you think it's going to go down. Right. So if – um, once again, remember, you can take both sides of the trade, like I'm for the Patriots or you're for the Patriots. Mm -hmm. That's a buyer and a seller of an option contract. So in a call, I can buy a call if I believe the stock is going up. But the other side is I can sell a call if I think the stock is going down. That's the that's the Patriots winning or losing. It's just two sides. So you but could somebody has to sell a call or buying a put is the exact same thing. Absolutely. It just depends so, who is the so the initiator. seller sells the call and the buyer buys the put 
at that point because the stock is going down? No, no. Calls are their own thing and puts are their own thing. They don't cross over. So there's, oh. a buy, there's a buyer and a seller of a call and there's a buyer and a seller of the put. Only those two people are for each contract. It's not like a okay. buyer of a call. So, yeah, th so think of it like this. I could sell you the chance to buy stock, Thomas, or uh, I can buy from you the chance to sell stock. And it would mean the same thing because – Am I right? So is the like, put the opposite where you're selling the chance to sell stock and buying the chance to buy stock? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, let's not. Let's let me simplify it because yeah, it would get confusing. <laughs> forget forget the puts at all because they're just reverse of the call. So let's leave those out. Okay. So I believe the stock has gone up. I'm gonna buy a call. Done. Period. Mm -hmm. Now on the flip side, if I think the stock is gonna go down, I can sell a call. But okay. there's a big difference when you sell something as opposed to buy something. When you buy something. It's a cost, right? You pay for it up front. Right. When you buy a call, when you buy any kind of option, the most you can lose is what you pay for it. So when you buy an option, you're just buying most, a contract that you don't have to execute. Correct. But on the okay. sell side, you are forced to execute if the things go wrong. So let me just give you an example again. Hundred bucks, I sell a hundred dollar call. Now the stock goes to two hundred. Okay. You on the other side, you bought the call. You're really happy. You know, you're up a hundred bucks in the trade. Well, guess what? I'm on the other side of that contract. I'm down a hundred bucks on the trade. So what happens with selling things is you can get what they call you have what's called undefined risk because you don't know where the stock can go to. When you the buy stock a call, can go to a million. Exactly. And so then like it's that times a hundred. Exactly is what you owe. Exactly. So when you okay. sell when you buy options, you can only lose what you pay for them. When you sell them, you have undefined risk because if things go against you, you don't know where or how bad they're going to go against you, and you could end up owing a lot of money to the other guy. Okay. So you know, it's it, kind of like shorting stock in that way. It's, it's exactly like shorting stock. It's no different. Like if you, you short a stock and stock. it goes to the moon. Like I, th I think somebody shorted Tesla recently, and then like they shot up a lot, and like they lost a ton of money. So basically, like Southwest is super happy because they could buy $50 oil when it's at 90 bucks, but there's somebody on the other side of that who has to sell them that oil at a huge loss now. Exactly. If you understand okay. shorting stock, it's the exact same thing as shorting options. You have undefined risk. You don't know what could go wrong. Exactly. Okay. So if you want to mitigate your risk, then you only ever want to buy calls? If you want to, if you want to, yeah. If you want to make sure you don't get stuck with undefined risk, so for beginning traders, you always want to buy options exactly mm -hmm. because you know your risk. Whatever I pay for it is the most I can lose. So you know going in, okay, that's my max loss. Now, is there a greater profit potential on the sell side to balance yeah, that out? Exactly. That's the trade-off, right? So your odds of winning, when you buy options, you can never have better than a 50-50 chance of winning. You're always going to be slightly under 50-50. So if you're a Vegas guy and you know how Vegas survives – all their games are like 51, 49 or better, right? Okay. And over time, Vegas always wins. Right. In, in the option game, if you just buy straight options your entire life, you'll lose because your odds are no better than 49, 51 against you. Okay. So when you sell options, it's the exact opposite because it always has to equal 100% as far as like your chance of winning and losing. It has to equal 100%. So if there's a 70% chance I win, there's a 30% chance I lose. So that does up. that does that mean that if if on the buy side you're buying because you think the stock is going to go up? Correct. Does that mean that if the buyers lose more often than they win, does that mean that stocks go down more often than they go up? 
No, because remember, there's a couple of things working against you when you buy options, which is why they're so much cheaper than stock. Okay. They they expire, so you can't just hang on till you're right. You know. Oh, oh so it just it might expire. So the yeah. expirations kind of tilt the balance in the seller's favor because eventually it's going to expire and the seller makes money. Exactly. So there's because now you've lost. So basically, like an option expiring means you've now lost the option to buy any of that stock. Just so basically, you've in in the oil case, you paid a hundred dollars. So you're you're out a hundred dollars, even though it's leveraged. Like the actual money out of your pocket is a hundred bucks. And like, if the option lasts a year and you let a year go by without buying any uh, oil barrels, you've just lost a hundred dollars. The seller has a hundred dollars, and that's that. That's that. When the option okay. expires, wherever it's at, if it ends up being worth zero, you just lose all your money. So, th- so the okay. things working against you when you buy options are time, right? That's it's going right. to expire at some point, and if and if what you're expecting to happen, like if you want oil to go up in two months, but you buy a one month option and nothing happens the first month, well, all that money you spend on the option just disappears. Gotcha. That's so, why your odds are less than Cal, stock. Okay. If if so let's say Apple or, or oil or anything is at a hundred dollars right now, mm-hmm. and I believe that in a month it's going to be 120 or more because, I don't know, something's going to happen. What right. would I do in options to take like the, the most advantage of this? Right. So your best odds, because everything's a trade-off, right? I mean, you can pay a lot for an option and have a better chance of winning. You can pay a little for an option and hope for like a lottery ticket kind of win. That's the way options work. It's just a probabilities game. So, as an example, if I buy, if the stock's at a hundred, and I buy about, a, and I buy a hundred dollar strike, my odds of winning that on that trade are roughly fifty-fifty. Now, if I go further away, so follow me on this one. It's a hundred dollars. Let's say I say I want to buy the eighty call, right? So the stock's already at a hundred. I'm buying the eighty call, so I'm way below the stock price. Well, mm. it's not for free. They're going to charge me a lot more money for that option. Because they know the odds mm. of winning are high, so whereas the hundred dollar strike, the odds and these are all you just, winning. So they they've calculated exactly. in like their. So loss. Wait, you can buy an option that's for a lower than the current stock price. Absolutely. Wouldn't you just turn around and like buy the stock right away? It's probably no. more expensive than buying the stock outright. Exactly. So, oh, so like there's math to offset. Like basically, there's there's a premium that's going to offset any sort of twenty dollar per share gain. So you kind of have to wait. Exactly. So I'll give you a perfect example. And these are all numbers I'm making up, but this is kind of how it works. You have an idea. So if I buy the uh, stocks at 100, let's say I buy the $100 strike price, and maybe it costs me five bucks to do that. Okay. So that's $500 on top of the $100 you buy for the option. Right. Exactly. So now my break even price for my stock is $100. Is is $105, right? It's got to go up five bucks because I added $5. Or do they charge you $5 per share? Remember on the on the trade page it's times a hundred. So if I buy a strike, mm. if I buy a hundred dollar strike and it's five dollars, it actually costs me five hundred dollars. But it's not costing you a hundred times a hundred. Like you're you're it's no, literally a no, no. hundred dollars. But then the five dollar premium is like five dollars per share. Exactly. Don't confuse options and stock. The stock price has nothing to do with my trade on this option. The option is an individual thing. So whatever whatever my strike price is. And whatever I pay for it, that's the total cost of my trade. So forget what the stock price is. Exactly. If whatever I if I buy a strike price for any stock at a hundred bucks and I pay five bucks for it, my break-even price is now one oh five because I paid five dollars okay. per share extra for that option to have so, the option. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm trying to figure out. It's like you're paying actually a hundred dollars strike price for the option, 
but the five dollars isn't like just literally just five dollars. It's five dollars per share. Correct. Now, are you paying? So that that would be five hundred dollars total. Are you paying that up front? Correct. So, oh, so you buy a hundred dollars strike price on an option. That's actually six hundred dollars out of your pocket. No, 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 no. No? no. Like I said, don't, don't, don't add stock into this at all. Stock has nothing to do with this transaction. Okay. Okay. Forget, forget. Forget the stock price at all. Forget this. Forget oil. Forget anything. All you have to know as far as the transaction goes is it doesn't matter what stock this is. If yeah. I buy a hundred dollar strike, whatever I pay for that option, I'm going to add on to the strike price. So, so if it costs you five dollars, it would be a hundred plus five. If it cost you twenty dollars, it would be a hundred plus twenty. Correct. Exactly. So don't so worry about you the stock buy price. you buy the option. What's the actual dollar amount coming out of your wallet right now? It's going to be five hundred dollars. Whatever I pay for that strike price doesn't matter. Like, oh, so you're, the strike price isn't the amount of money coming out of your wallet. It's whatever they're charging you for it. Right. Remember, we're not buying stock. We're and we're, not, we're not buying a. We're just so buying the strike price is just the baseline that it's you're cost. allowed to buy it for. Because you're, exactly. you're just buying the contract. So basically they would say like for a strike price of $100, we're going to charge you $5 per share. For a strike price of $80, we're going to charge you like $20 per share. So like you're buying this contract that that Mm -hmm. because you're buying it, you could execute it or not. Like if it's not in your favor, you don't want to execute it. But if it's in your favor, when you execute it, you essentially then have to buy the shares at the price, the strike price. Okay. Only if you want to. Gotcha. Yeah, when you buy an option, you you can choose to turn it into stock, but you don't ever have to. And when stock when the stock prices go up, options obviously go up in price as well. So, you know, most of the time, if your option is a winning trade, you're probably going to take the money instead of turning it into stock. Because, as an example, let's say I buy this hundred dollar strike for five bucks. So it cost me five hundred bucks to buy this contract. Let's say the stock goes up hundred bucks in in the course of the month. Okay, my option's not going to go up, not going to go up hundred bucks. It's not exactly dollar for dollar, but it's probably going to go up 50, 60 bucks, which in times a hundred is five or six thousand bucks. You know, right. or whatever. It, it'll 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 work out where, at the time, the stock and the option will actually be on parity, right? Yeah. So. I take it back. You will actually make the same amount of money on the, on the option if you turn to shares because there's no discrepancy, right? If there was if there was difference between the option and the stock, people would buy or sell either one and make this make money on the ARP, you know, on, right. on, the, on the difference. So you can decide to turn into stock, but you're up ten thousand dollars in the month. You're probably going to be like, I'll take my winnings and go. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to turn it into stock because, like, okay, you could buy the stock at a hundred. It's at two hundred now. Okay. Turn the option into money and just go ahead and buy stock again or buy another option. You know, you can do whatever you want, but very right. few people, just just so we're clear, like very few people turn bought options into stock. There's really not okay. ever much of a reason to, because like, you'll make as much money anyways. Southwest, and it's just like easier to exactly. Stay it's, in average, it's it's a small investment for potentially large return, right? Because okay. I I bet five hundred bucks, I might make ten thousand on the stock. I bet. Ten thousand, I made ten thousand, right? So yeah. it's a hundred percent profit. Where on a on the option, I only spent five hundred to make the ten thousand. It's a two thousand percent or two hundred percent return, right? Mm. So that's that's where the leverage comes in. Your option increases, 
you make more money, relatively speaking, on, on like what they call return on capital, right? I mean, okay. I spent 500 to make 10,000 or I spent 10,000 to make 10,000. Which would you rather do? Obviously yeah. options, but that's if it's a huge winner. That doesn't happen right. very often. Okay, so uh, to, to unpack this and I know, maybe I know. Like it's wrap it's some context. Because yeah. a lot of numbers and stuff. So um, if you are confident and just let's say let's keep it really simple you think the stock market is going to go up and i i imagine that you could buy uh call options for like vanguard vti or some some yes yeah not i don't know exactly every stock that has options not every stock has okay, options but you could you could but, buy but like yeah, very broad sure oh the s&p 500 yes buy cues nas you know any of that stuff for okay, sure you can so buy you it. could be like i think the stock market's going to go up and so mm-hmm. you could buy a call option that essentially suggests the stock market's going to go up because you're going to buy something, say, at today's price. So in right. the future, when the contract is due, you will have made money because the actual share price went up and your contract was at the price a month ago or a week ago or whatever. Correct. And now when it expires or comes due, you could execute that and – pay the full amount of money at the stock and hold it forever if you wanted to. But essentially what you're saying is you could just settle it, not pay for the shares, just take the profit. Correct. So so you could put in, and, and, and I guess the value in this is that it is so leveraged. So you could buy this contract for, I'm guessing, $100 or in this example, it was $100, $105? Yeah, it's going to be like, you know, 10, 5, 10% of the actual price of stock or less. Okay, you know, it's so, going to be a much smaller amount. So if the strike price is 100 you know, or whatever the S&P 500 is at that time, if you were buying that one, and the contract is $5, you'd pay $105 for this contract that if it doesn't work out for you in the future, you just pretend like it didn't happen, you lost $105, whatever, or you can execute it and that $105 you spent may earn you multiple thousand dollars and and that's where I guess the leverage comes in. Yeah. So exactly. So you're basically paying five hundred dollars in this example to control ten thousand dollars worth of stock. Mm-hmm. And if things go against you and the trade is a complete bust, you're only out five hundred bucks. Because remember this as well, right? Because people never seem to take take this into account. If I buy ten thousand dollars worth of stock, and it goes down ten bucks, you I'm still out a thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, I still own the stock, but I'm out a thousand bucks. Right. If I buy the option and everything goes against me, yeah, I'm out five hundred bucks. It's all gone. I don't own the stock, but it's also still a much smaller investment. It's you know a little bit more. It's a risk reward thing, right? It's a little bit riskier yeah. in the chance to make a bigger reward without having to spend thousands of dollars or worry about a massive stock going up or down massive amounts either. So yeah. I, I want to go deeper down the rabbit hole, but I want to maybe wrap some context around this because. Thomas, you had uh, brought up uh, Southwest, and right. you know they they may buy options, and this is like a practical example of a business that um, Southwest is say a profitable company when oil is at fifty dollars a barrel, but if oil was at five million dollars a barrel, Southwest would be better off parking all of their planes in a hangar and doing nothing, right? Yep. And so, and but then obviously they wouldn't make money; they would just not lose money. And so, yeah. what a company like Southwest can do is use options to protect themselves from cost increases and essentially 
at worst case scenario, lock in a high price or an appropriate price um, so that they could run their business. And now, hmm. I understand because you've been saying month like a lot, like, you know, you buy a month long option. What I understand is Southwest bought really long term contracts. Right. So is there like a big premium on a long term one? Yeah, exactly. Those are called leaps. Okay. Uh, anything that's like a year or more, they usually, or maybe even six months or more, I think they consider them called leaps, which are just long-term options. No okay. difference. And yeah, you're going to pay a much bigger premium. So in general, I mean, this isn't the exact formula, but you know, it's like you can multiply it out by the months. It's going to be less than that over time. But mm-hmm. if you're paying $5 for a one-month option, a six-month option might not might not cost you 30 bucks maybe it's 20 bucks but you're definitely right. going to pay a lot more it's going to be a multiple of that first month um so, you know some some multiple of that so say oil's at 52 dollars a barrel like it was maybe uh, maybe it was like at that when southwest bought the leap right um, the article i was reading in the new york times said that at the time i think it was 2007 oil was like 90 dollars a barrel so clearly southwest was not paying 90 dollars a barrel Obviously, the leap had some dollar amount, and that's per share, right? Or, Correct. Or per barrel, potentially. Yeah. What is that going to be? Like fifty-two dollars a barrel. You you mentioned thirty bucks. Like thirty bucks plus the fifty-two it already costs. That's like eighty-two dollars a barrel, which is pretty darn close. So I'm guessing it couldn't be that high, right? Um, if you're, I mean, most likely, like when Southwest buys oil, there's mm-hmm. a. I think there's probably a different market where they do this, as okay. far as like um. You, know, you get in the commodity market, obviously, there's options as well. The pricing all changes. Yeah. When they do something like that where they're buying like millions of gallons you know, at a price, I don't know, honestly, how exactly they do it. But for our purposes, as far as you and I as investors, not talking about Southwest, that's exactly how it works. The longer you go out in time, the more you're going to pay for it. Is there ever like a, a threshold of the, the premium you're going to pay versus stock price or – could it be like double or the same as the stock price? So you'd literally have to double it. Um, oh, you mean so like, like if it was fifty, would I ever pay fifty bucks for an option if yes. it's going to hundred dollars more? Yeah, it's totally your choice. You know, like um, for example, like you know, go to last year, right? And all the Fang stocks went up like fifty percent, mm-hmm. right? Nobody Fang, saw that. Fang Come. is Amazon, or was it? It's Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Google, Fang. Uh, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. Oh, okay. Fang stocks, but yeah, obviously the other ones, Apple. I mean, uh, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, and Google. Um, but yeah, those all went up about fifty percent. So yeah, had you bought that option back in January, it probably would have been a small amount of money for the year mm-hmm. uh, compared to what actually happened, right? Because nobody can see a company that size growing fifty percent. So maybe you bought a six month or a year long option in January. Maybe it was. I don't know. Who knows? 30 bucks a share or 40, 50 bucks a share. doesn't really matter. I mean, Amazon went up like $800 or something ridiculous in the last year. Yeah. Right? So no matter what you paid for it, you would have made a ton of dough. So it's just a, you know, it's just the market deciding what they think is going to happen for the year. That's how these things are priced. People bid up and down and they go like, okay, we pretty much predict that Amazon will go up around a hundred bucks by the end of the year. So we're going to price that into the options. Mm-hmm. Just like a betting line to make sure like it's pretty much even on both sides. Obviously, last okay. year they were totally wrong. You know what I mean? Last year yeah. nobody could have seen that it was going to go up five hundred dollars in a year or eight hundred bucks. But mm-hmm. that's how it works. It's kind of like a betting line. People are betting on both sides, up and down, and we all decide based on how much money we're putting into the market 
what we think is going to happen in the next one, two, three, six months, and the options are priced exactly to that number. They're not made to make you money, right? They don't want you to make money. So it's just kind of what you think is going to happen if it outperforms what the market expects. Okay. Okay. So so we've covered like the I'm going to buy options because I think it's going to go up and I want to make money like ends. And, and, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like perhaps more of the volume of options are used to protect against losses like correct large hedge funds or pension funds or blah 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 and so how does that work because and i guess they would call this hedging correct so i i think options were invented as insurance that's what they mm-hmm. that's what they originally invented for now i trade them and there are lots of people that trade them just for profits mm-hmm. right yeah. so that's where things have changed over the years because once again, you can buy them or sell them, right? So if you're – let's just take insurance, right? I mean insurance guys take your premiums all day long and hope nothing goes wrong. Right. And then every once in a while, there's a massive you know, hurricane or something and they take a huge hit. They're selling, right? They're selling you insurance. I'm selling mm-hmm. options, right? I'm, I'm hoping that that massive hurricane doesn't happen. Every once in a while, it mm-hmm. does. But insurance companies are getting rich in the meantime because they're collecting all that premium. You're buying options. You're buying, 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 and most of the time you never need it, and yeah. they just keep that money. Hmm. So that's okay. that's what they're invented for as far as insurance. Now, when I do it, I do it the other way. I play I play Mr. Insurance Guy. I sell the options to people assuming that you're not going to collect on your insurance. It's just not going to be a catastrophe, and it's not going to happen. And in your case, the catastrophe is the stock goes to the roof. Through the roof or down, either way, depending on what I do, whether I play it up or down. Yeah, any okay. huge move. Like last year, I would have gotten slaughtered if I did this in those other stocks. Okay. But those stocks were already big stocks, $500 a share, $1,000 a share. You don't generally want to do naked options, as they're called, selling options. It's short equals naked equals sell. So you don't want to sell options on really big stocks exactly for that reason because it's multiples of 100 Right, each each option is a hundred buck, a hundred shares. Yeah, and a stock like Google or Amazon that can move a hundred bucks in a day—that's a ten thousand dollar move up or down against you in one day. So you don't generally play this game okay. with big stocks. Okay, so, so, so to make up for the volume, are you doing a lot of different companies? Yeah, in order to diversify, exactly. I do a lot of different companies or ETFs. You know, I do like Nasdaq and oil and bonds, and I just kind of spread the risk around, assuming that everything doesn't move together all the time. Okay, okay. so. Hold up one second, Cal. So, sure, sure, sure. so you said that um, you were essentially playing the insurance company in that you were selling options. Correct. And so, in that case, you know when people are buying options, they're they're paying for this contract they won't use. So you are trying to sell contracts to people that they so that they won't use. So are you doing things like you think the market is going to go up? I mean, it generally goes up. So you just sell options for people who think the market's going to go down or to protect against it going down. And since it Correct. doesn't go down, you make money. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. And, and just so we're clear, because I don't want to confuse anybody, when I sell, when you, when you buy or sell options, it really isn't you and me doing that. These are big companies, right? TD Ameritrade and E-Trades and all that. The brokerages are the ones that always take the other side of the trade, and then they pawn it off somewhere in the universe. But mm-hmm. 
I'm not buying it directly from you. You're not buying it directly from me. We're buying or selling it with the brokerage, and then they okay. got a whole other freaking back end that plays this game of like, because they're doing multiple billions of dollars a day in trades. So they're probably like packaging a bunch of the single option buys together into a big group and then selling that to someone. Or They, they hang on to it all, but what they do is they limit their they try and limit their risk, right? They try and play both sides of the market. So if there's a ton of people, just like with the betting line, you know, the line goes up or down depending on how many people bet on it. Mm-hmm. So with, with the big brokerages, and I don't want to pretend I know how they all work exactly, but for the most part, what they try and do is limit their risk. So if they sell, if I'm a guy that buys 10,000 spy options, somewhere out in the universe, they're going to try and sell options to people looking to sell them as well to try and even out the risk on their back end. And that's like a daily algorithm that just kind of tries to keep them level. They don't okay. really want to. They're not really looking to play the market up or down. They're just looking to sell and buy and kind of keep, kind of level. So does that mean that their profits are coming from like fees, and premiums, and commissions? Okay. Yep. Every time you buy or sell, they keep a piece of it. You know, whatever you get charged for that option, that's that's their risk. They're doing this transaction for the dollar fifty or five bucks or eight bucks per trade, mm-hmm. because they're doing a billion trades a day. It's a ton of dough, and even when things go against them, they're figuring like, okay. I mean, I can take the hit here and there because it's not, you know, most of the time you're not going to have a market crash or a market yeah. shoot up to the moon. So, yeah, they're playing the game of like, I'm playing Vegas. I'm just bets all day long. I'll keep the, I'll keep the vig. I'll keep the commission, and in the end, I'll make a lot of money over time. So, I think that brings us uh, pretty nicely over to the practical side of things. If you're somebody who wants to potentially get into doing this. Uh, like, what are you looking at in terms of commissions versus the price you pay? How does that compare to maybe the expense ratio on a on an ETF or something like that, or even like a stock brokerage commission? I mean, you, that could be free if you're using Robinhood. Right. So obviously, there's multiple platforms out there that do all kinds of different stuff, um, and they all charge different fees. So I can't really speak to who's the best or the worst. The ones I use, if you're interested in, mm. are um, TD Ameritrade, which is a dollar fifty per trade. Okay. Per option, and my, the new one I use now more than any is called Tasty Works, which is a dollar fifty per opening trade. They don't charge you to close the trade, and they cap their fees now. They just changed it to ten dollars max per trade. So if I do a hundred contracts or ten, they're not going to charge me apparently more than ten bucks to make that trade. So wait, you can like load up a bunch of different contracts. So basically, you're you're buying several different options as part of one trade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So. We're just talking about simply buying and selling, and I don't want to get confusing. I'm, I made you that little video to show you about verticals, you know, to show you how, and we can try and talk about it if you want to. But well, yeah, there's all kinds of ways. So I want to um, latch on to this uh, word "naked" you used before, because pretty much everything naked I, I am interested in. <laughs> uh, but but <We're> here, <laughs> naked beer, whatever. Uh, so. Um, there is this concept of uh, like a spread, or I guess, or I guess maybe I don't remember. The, I don't remember the right term. Too much, too much beer. Uh, but there's one that is not naked. Uh, right. What What is that, and and why yeah, should we care? Because exactly. I feel like most of the time people are not going naked, right? Correct. Most people, the majority of people. Buy options. Majority of people in the world that are using options buy calls because they think the stock has gone up and they buy a call thinking it's going up. That's it. That's what most people do with them because it's easy. They understand it. It makes sense. What they don't understand is that like your odds of winning are low. So mm-hmm. you know they, they think they know something. The stock's going to go up. They buy it. Maybe they hit it big here and there. But over time, 
if, like I said, if you only buy options over time, you will lose money over time because your odds are always less than 50-50. Now, there's a different kind of thing called a spread, as you mentioned, or they also call it a vertical. And what that is, it's a combination of buying and selling the same kind of option. So let's use a call as an example. So when I buy a call, I've got less than a 50-50 chance of making money on this call. No matter which strike I buy, because remember, you pay more, the you know the better your odds and all that, mm. but you're still never going to get more than 49% odds. You're still you're still Vegas odds. You're still losing 51% of the time, no matter what you pay for these things. But you can design them in a way called verticals. So as an example, if the stock's 100 bucks. Maybe I can buy the 95 strike, right? So it's five bucks below the stock price, right? right. And I can sell at the same time a 105 strike. So if okay. you imagine that in your head, buying a call means I want the stock price to go up. So I buy mm -hmm. the 95 thinking the stock is going up. When I sell the 105 call, though, it means I want the stock price to go down, which doesn't really make any sense unless you – are you familiar with covered calls at all? Do you know how – so, covered call. Okay, so we won't get into that. But um, but basically, what I'm doing is when I do that, when I buy one option, one call option to the lower strike and sell one higher, I'm creating what's called a spread or a vertical. And okay. now the entire size of that trade is what they call the width of the strikes. So in that case, 95 to 105 is $10 wide. Remember, options are always times 100, so that's a thousand dollar trade. If you combine all potential profits and losses, that's the max size of my trade. And if you do it correctly, I'll probably be able to buy that vertical for 500 bucks. So I've got a $1,000 trade. I pay 500 bucks for it. Just as a quick quiz, what do you think the most I can make on that trade is? If the width of the strike. Exactly. So I'm spending 500 to make 500. And the most right. you could lose is 500. Correct. But now the difference between doing that and just buying the 95 strike is the 95 strike. Most likely, and I could pull up a trade page while we're talking to get a better idea of numbers, but most likely the 95 strike is going to cost you more than 10 bucks to begin with. So that by okay. itself is going to cost you more than the width of the spread. Hmm. Now, if the stock goes to the moon, you can make a ton of dough. But remember, there's like a probably a 35 to 40% chance you're making money on that trade if you work out the odds. Hmm. On, this, on the trade I just told you, the 95-105 where the stock is in the middle at 100 – if I pay 500 to make 500, my odds are 50-50. I can only lose 500 bucks, which is definitely less than the 95 strike would cost me. I can only make 500. Obviously, I'm capping my profits, but the reason I cap my profits is for that reason. I got a better odd of better odds of winning, and the cost of the trade is much less. So, let me give you a great example of why this is such a cool thing. Because let's go to Amazon, mm -hmm. right? Amazon's like what a $1,400 stock now. Who the hell can afford to buy a $1,400 stock at this point, right? You and I can't afford to buy 100 shares. It's 140 grand. It's ridiculous. But strikes are strikes. It doesn't matter how big the stock is. And that's why I said forget the price of the stock. All we're worried about is what we're paying for the strikes or the width of the strikes. So on Amazon, as an example, I can go to Amazon. It's 1400 bucks. Can't trade it. It's too big. But I can buy a vertical in Amazon. And maybe the width of the strikes in Amazon, because it's such a big stock, maybe they're $10 wide. I don't really, can't really remember. Depends, but it, let's so just that go. That means that the stock would go up or down $10. And that would on be. On strike page. Like right. I can only pick like 1,000, 1,010, 1,000. Uh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, I'd have to look at it to see. It's fine. Let's so go for like ten. a penny stock, your width of the strikes maybe like fractions of a cent potentially. No, no, they're all, minimum is a dollar. It can only. Oh, okay. That minimum strike width is a dollar. The max I've ever seen is ten. Okay. Okay. So let's say Amazon is ten. Mm-hmm. Let's just use an example. I think it's maybe five, maybe ten. We'll say ten to be on the high side. So it's fourteen hundred bucks. I can't afford it, but I can play the vertical game. Let's say it's fourteen hundred dollars a share, and I think it's going to go up. So maybe now I sell the 1390 strike price, 10 below, and the 1410. I've just made it a bigger trade because it's the strike prices are now bigger because it's a big stock. But now that's $20 wide. So a $20 width strike is how much if I add up total profits and losses, how big is this trade? Help me out, a quick quiz. $20 width. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, options are always times 100. So it'd be so two thousand dollars is the size of this trade maximum. So okay. again, if I settle up correctly, I'm gonna pay half of the width. So on a twenty dollar wide, two thousand so dollar width. A thousand dollars? Right? I'll pay a thousand dollars and the most I can make is how much? Would there be another thousand? Exactly. But And the only you can only lose a thousand? Right. So you could only lose, I guess, what you initially pay. So basically like pay. the potential profit. And potential loss is always half of the spread times 100. Yeah. Generally, when we're doing buying verticals, that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to buy a vertical for half the width of the spread. So, yeah, okay. in the case of this Amazon. But once again, one share is 1400 bucks. I'm buying a spread for only 1000 and I can make 1000 If I buy one share at 1400 which is more than this scenario already – yeah. It has to go up. It has to go up a thousand bucks for me to make this. It has to go up five hundred bucks for me to make the same five hundred bucks in the same amount of time. Basically, yep. you'd be able to double your money if you were on the correct fifty percent correct end. Whereas, if you had bought the stock, Amazon would have to go to like twenty eight hundred dollars a share for you to make the equivalent if you owned it. So basically, this vertical spread thing is a way to get on the better side of that fifty percent or fifty fifty. Scenario Correct. without exposing yourself to that undefined loss. Exactly. And the ability to play these big stocks because you can't afford them anymore. Because yeah. let's just do a quick example. I'll show you how good the odds are, right? I buy one share of Amazon for 1400 bucks. For me to make 500 bucks on this trade, Amazon's got to go to 1900 right? Yep. That's, that's ridiculous mm-hmm. in like a month. But let's say I do my spread. I buy the 11, or I buy the 1390 $1,410. We talked about mm-hmm. at expiration, whatever expiration I choose, 30 days, 45, 60 a year, who cares? Whatever that when those expire, if 1410 is the strike that I sold, if it's above 1410 at expiration, I just made 500 bucks as opposed to it going to $1,900 a share to make the same 500 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Right. So this is a way to bucks. make the same money without volatility, without, without huge amounts of outlay of cash, better yeah. odds are the same odds as actually owning the stock. And like I said, you can make more money for shorter moves. Obviously, if Amazon goes up, okay, whatever. But in this case, it only has to go to 1410 for me to make 500 bucks as opposed to 1900 to make 500 bucks if I owned one share because I can't right. afford 100 shares of freaking Amazon. Mm. So right? what's, I guess the downside is like to lose 500 bucks, Amazon would have to tank. Uh, no. And when it comes to these spreads, um, in order to lose the 500 bucks, you would lose the 500 bucks if you take the strike that you bought. So there's, um, like I said, I don't want to get confusing with numbers, but these are easy numbers, so I'll just tell you. Whenever you buy an option, 
there's something called a break-even price, which is the price that either the buyer or the seller makes no money. So, an example. With this case, let's say, let's go back to easier numbers. I don't want to go to 1400 It's a little bit, you know, obviously out there. Mm-hmm. But let's just say we're back to the $100 stock, and I buy a $100 call, and it costs me 5 bucks. My break-even price is the $100 strike plus the $5 I paid. So 105 is my break-even price. Okay. What that means is at expiration, if I bought that option and the, the, strike, the stock price was at 105 at expiration, I broke even. Nobody five, makes money. And the guy that sold it didn't lose money. It went up five bucks, but he didn't lose any money because his break-even price is always the same as mine. Because either it's going to expire and so like you, you made $500, but you also had to spend it to get that option in the first place. Right. So back to the vertical, it's the same addition. If it's a $10 wide call vertical, all I do is I take my bot call and I add on the price of the vertical to it. In this case, it was $1,390. I paid $1,000 for it or 10 bucks, So it goes to $1,400 is my break-even price. Okay. In this case, the stock was $1,400. So if it's $1,400 or more at expiration, I don't lose money. I'll make money. If it's $1,400 or less, I will lose money. But weren't you saying you're, you're buying and selling a call or something? Like you're, yeah, you're on both sides a, of it? That's how you define the risk, right? So, oh, okay. Yeah. When you buy calls, it's just a one-way shot. It's like a lottery ticket and your odds are like 40, 45% chance of making money. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you sell a call at the top and create this thing called a vertical, so there's a bottom, I'm buying it down here and I'm selling it up here and I'm creating this width of the strikes, that defines the risk of the trade. And this is... Is this two, you're buying two different options contracts, one, or you're, you're buying one and then you're selling a different one and you're like, there becomes a vertical spread because of the influx of dollars and outflux of dollars, but it's not like you're, you're like packaging it together actually, right? No, 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 no. It's just a simple, it's the same expiration cycle, same thing. So whatever call I'm buying, if I'm buying the 1390 in this case, I'm just looking at the trade page. It's the same expiration cycle. I'm I'm just now selling a call in the same expiration cycle. I'm just going down two notches. So I'm buying thirteen ninety. I'm selling fourteen ten. That creates the width of the strikes, which is twenty dollars or two thousand bucks. Yeah. I've kind of just made like a capsule. That's my max profit and loss added together. Whatever I pay for that vertical is the most I can lose. I can win if you subtract the width of the strikes. Two thousand okay. dollars cost me a thousand i can make a thousand but that's the entire size of the trade is a thousand dollars loss a thousand dollars win max okay so and then and then the probability of you winning is just based on your hopefully that your your thought of where it's going to move is correct and yeah. then the, the opposite side is just you're creating a boundary area exactly to, like- um to reduce loss Reduce loss and increase your chance of success. You actually okay. increase your chance of winning and you pay less for it. You just cap your profits. That's the difference. Whenever you talk about okay. buying options by themselves, the reason people do it is because you can have this long shot winner like a lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. When you cap your profits, obviously people go like, oh, why would I want to cap my profits? You could go to the moon. The reason you cap your profits is exactly this. Your odds of winning are much higher and your potential loss is much smaller. Because you made okay. the trade size, the whole thing is just much smaller. You can win win a little bit less, but you can lose a lot less. So but is that the kind of trading you typically do then? That's all I do. Yeah, I do like either naked options or I do verticals. 
either okay. way, up or down. Exactly. But for beginners, verticals are the best thing because, like I said, you know exactly what you're getting into. The problem with options is if you don't know what you're doing, you're like, hey, this cost me a fortune. I lost my ass. Yeah. Verticals, you know, going in exactly what you can make and what you can lose, and that way you can sleep at night, right? You don't have to worry about things going horribly wrong. You're like, oh, no. You know, I sold an option and I'm out $10,000 because a stock shot to the moon while I was asleep. Okay. Verticals, yeah. it's just a total, like, I know what I'm in for. I'm risking 500 to make 500. I'm risking 1,000 to make 1,000. Mm. That's it. I can sleep. My odds are 50 50, and I can play big stocks if I want to without having to spend, a, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to actually buy the stock. Yeah. So- Cal, when so so you do this, and I, I know you you teach as well, but so mm-hmm. you do this as your your main thing, um, and do you just like roll a dice and then you just pick some random things? You co- close your eyes and click your mouse and you just buy a bunch of verticals, or is there like a a method to your madness? So the method to my madness is real simple. I don't do fundamental analysis and I don't do technical analysis. I basically do the Warren Buffett game, which is being a contrarian. There's a famous saying, he, a famous quote of his, which is, I'm fearful when people are greedy, and I'm greedy when people are fearful. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying before. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so all that means is you're a contrarian. When things are crashing, like back in the 2008, when Bank of America was looking like it's going out of business, he's the guy that stepped in and said, I'm going to buy Bank of America and give him $5 billion. And everybody's like, you idiot. You know, like, why would you do that? This thing's going under. Everybody else is like, you know, running for the hills. It's because he was a contrarian. He's like, he just didn't believe Bank of America is going to go under. And as scary as it is, when things are crashing, 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 the way you make big money or money over time in the stock market is, is going against the common wisdom, the common belief. If everybody's running for the hills, if you have the balls to step in at that point and suck up, because you're going to be, you know, it's going to take some beating. It doesn't happen overnight. But if you can suck it up and, and hang on, You'll make money in the end. And the same goes for the other side. Right now, as an example, the market's at all-time highs, right? It's been shooting through the room, through the moon. Mm-hmm. So this is the uh, be fearful when people are greedy scenario. So in my case, I'm actually betting the market is going down at this case because I'm like, it's gone up so much. And this is kind of like the gold rush. When gold went up to $1,800, everybody's like, I can't ha- I can't get enough gold. I got to buy gold, buy gold, buy mm-hmm. gold. And then it drops to 1000 that's the way I feel about the market. It's like it's gone up, 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 up. Everything's like nothing can ever go wrong. It's going to go up forever. That's when I step in front of the train and go like, you know what? I think it's going to go down because that's the Warren Buffett way. And that dude's you know, what, the second richest guy in the world. I trust the way he trades stocks. I'm going to do it a similar fashion, be a contrarian. Okay, so doing this strategy um, – you know, and I, I think it, it sounds awesome. I, I also did it with like Tesla, you know, but, but I bought shares. And I guess, how do you do it with options without losing your pants? Because predicting it going up or down is probably as hard, if not, or, you know, predicting when it happens is probably harder than predicting what will happen. So right. if you're having all these one month expirations and you're betting it's going down well every month it doesn't go down you're losing and then when it does go down it's not like you're blowing up uh no no totally so just to put in perspective like um with option trading as an option trader i look at the market and i believe over time it looks like a heartbeat Mm -hmm. right it kind of goes up and down but in any market, if it goes straight down like 2008 or straight up like right now, 
I'm losing, absolutely, because the whole world is betting it's going long and just nothing ever goes down, right? Just goes up, 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 up. So yes, at this point, I'm losing money because I've been betting against it. There's no way to know what's going to happen. It could crash tomorrow. I mean, it took a big hit today, but nothing major. But um, but the bottom line is nobody knows what direction it's going. So um, you got to use your own whatever you're using for tools, whether it's technical analysis, fundamental analysis. If you're just a straight contrarian like me. I can't tell you which way to bet. What I can tell you, though, is if you want to increase your odds, and I don't want to, I don't want to get too complicated. So mm-hmm. tell me if this gets too complicated. Whoa, stop! That but, was really good. No. <laughs> <laughs> so just like buying verticals, you can also sell verticals. So let me. I'm not going to burden you with like all the parameters and stuff. I just want to give you the difference. When you buy options, just like back with the insurance example. You're losing over time because obviously the insurance company is just keeping your payments for years and years and years till the ultimate crash. You know, and when they do one payout, when you buy verticals, all you're doing is buying verticals. Buying call verticals is also called stock replacement strategy. So your odds of winning are the same as stock. It's a 50-50 bet. No matter what you think about, you know, in the stock market, nobody knows tomorrow what's going to happen. Whether the stock's going to go up or down. Right. So call vertical is the same thing. When you buy call verticals, you're essentially just buying stock in a cheaper format. Right. Same odds, but you just can do it and it's cheaper. But there's something called selling verticals as well. And just like with selling naked options, you can sell verticals. So it's also defined risk trade. Mm -hmm. But you're going to risk a little more to make a little less. And the reason you do that is because you have a better chance of winning. So simple formula that you can use for this vertical thing. And I'll give you a quick example of selling verticals. But your your probability of making money when you do any kind of vertical, whether it's a buying or selling, is all you do is you take your max loss. So in the case of the call vertical, it was 500 bucks, right? If we're doing the $1,000, let's just say it's $1,000, $10 with $1,000 trade, and we're paying 500 bucks. If I want to know my odds of making money on that trade, I take my max loss, which is what I paid for it, and I divide it by the width of the strikes. So 500 divided by 1,000 is a 50% shot. Okay, That's the shorthand formula for working out your odds of winning. Okay, okay. Are, you, are you with me so far? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when you, sell call ver- when you sell verticals in either format, whether you think the stock's going up or down, not important. But when you sell them, what you're going to do is you're going to sell them for less than you can make. I mean, sorry. Then it's gonna. Then you're risking. So, as an example, let's, let's do the same example. Let's say it's a thousand dollar wide vertical spread. But if I'm gonna sell it, what I usually do is I sell it for about one third the width of the strikes. So, on a thousand dollar example, I'm looking to sell that for around three thirty three, right? About one okay. third. So, let's go back to my. What are my odds of making money on this trade? Okay, I take my max loss. And I divide it by the width of the strikes. So in this case, if I sell a vertical and I collect 330 bucks, let's say, make it easy, for selling it, I can lose 670, right? That's the total size of the trade. Right. Mm-hmm. Remember? So if I take 670, my max loss, divided by the width of the strikes, which is 1,000, you see I got a 67% chance of making money on that trade. So... Mm-hmm. I sell more verticals than I buy exactly for that reason. Buying verticals is just like buying stock, just a cheaper version of it. 
Selling verticals, I'm risking a little bit more, right? I'm risking 670 to make 330, but my yeah. odds of winning are now, you know, 67%. And to be clear, when you're selling a vertical, uh, you you it is skewed towards either down or up in terms Correct. of the pro- and and the skew is based on what everyone thinks is going to happen. Right, so exactly. everyone thinks it's going. Okay. The, the market's going to go up. Then something that you're selling that uh, is leaning towards going up will be cheaper, because everyone mm. thinks that. Right. And then I guess if you were to take your strategy to like I guess this logical conclusion, so 2008 the market crashes, and so mm-hmm. you wait a year, you take a, a gap year, and you go travel the world, and you know you go 2000 and in 2009 and you know 2010, you just start selling verticals that say the market is going to go down so they go really, down okay right so they're really cheap because right. no one thinks it's going to go down and all these uh contracts expire and you sell and you just kind of just sell these meaningless contracts and make money for you know until it actually does go down yeah i mean you could remember there's a time limit right so that's why these things aren't you're not always going to make money because there is always a time limit on the options that you're selling or buying. They're going to expire. So whatever you believe is going to happen has to happen in that amount of time or you're going to lose. But the difference between buying and selling is when I buy that vertical, remember I'm 50-50 shot. I'm buying like one strike below, selling one strike above the stock price. And that's where I'm kind of packing it in. On the flip side though, the reason my odds are better when I sell something is let's go to – well. Give me an assumption. You want this stock price to go up or down? In this, let's just say, let's say it goes up. Okay. So in the case of going up, not to confuse you, but you would sell a put vertical. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that. That means it's going up. Okay. But the the reason you're going to have better odds is because if the stock's at a hundred, right? When I sell my put vertical, I might be able to sell the ninety strike price and I'd buy let's say the 80 strike price I'm going in the reverse now right because mm-hmm. it's going the other way around so instead of buying you know the call and buy and selling one above it now because it's a put I'm buying one and and, and selling one lower okay. I mean sorry selling one and buying one lower and that's how I got that same range I'm doing a ten dollar range but what's gonna happen is now I'm at the 90 strike stocks at a hundred Obviously, my odds of winning must be higher because the stock's at 100. It just has to stay above 90, and I make money. That's why selling verticals, you have a better chance of winning because the strike prices are always going to be further away from the stock price. You have a cushion. Mm. I have a $10 cushion. It can go down $10. Even though I want it to go up, it can still go down $10 in that time window, and I'll keep all the money I sold it for if it stays above 90. That's okay. how selling verticals work. And on the flip side, just so you, we've been talking about calls, selling call verticals, I would do that if I believe the stock price is going down, yeah. right? So in the case, again, of a $100 stock price, I might be able to sell the 110 call, buy the 120 call, again, $10 wide, but I'm selling the 110 call. If it stays below 110 in my time window, I'll keep the money. Stock's at 100 now, so it's already $10 below where I'm starting. So there's got to be a better chance of me making money on this trade, and there is, right? Because I'm starting further away from where the stock price is. So in that scenario, if the stock goes to 120 or past it, then you lose the maximum amount of money you can ma- lose on that trade, but it's exactly. still a bounded amount. Exactly, still a bounded amount. I know exactly what I'm getting into, what I can make, what I can lose every time. So basically, anything below 110 equals profit, 
in between 110 and 120, there's going to be a sliding scale of loss. And then Absolutely. once you hit 120, that's the max you can lose and you won't lose anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. But you can see my odds are better because stocks at 100, I got a $10 cushion in this example. Yeah, you've got before. that cushion. Whereas if you're buying the, cur- the verticals, it's already within there. Right. Exactly. It's essentially stock. It's just a cheap version, t- cheap way to buy a st- buy expensive stocks. You know, okay. play the stock game. So more often than not, I buy verticals on expensive stocks so I can play expensive stocks if I believe they're going up. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I'm just looking to trade money and make income, and I don't know really what's going to go on, or I have an idea what I think is going on, but I'm not really you know sure. I'm going to sell verticals because I got a cushion now. I got so more less of a cushion to be right. Less confidence equals sell verticals. If you have right. a lot of confidence, even if you're for contrarian, then buy. Yeah. To get within that, to put yourself or put the stock price within that vertical that you're creating. Exactly. Simple. Okay. You know, simple. Exactly. Breakdown. Exactly. I can make more money buying verticals because I'm buying, you know, spending 500 to make 500. Yep. And, I, and I have a strong belief it's going up or down. Selling verticals, I'm risking more. I'm risking, on this case, 670 to make 330. But I've given myself a cushion. I have a higher odds, odds of making this. Yeah, because I don't really know what's going to happen. I want to give myself a cushion. I think it's going down, but I'm not really sure. It might go up a little bit more first. Okay, so you got constantly sliding scales of profit potential, risk, and confidence, and you're just making decisions based on where those are. Exactly. But the key is we know exactly what we're risking and what we can make every time. Okay. So I... I would imagine that our listeners' brains are saturated at this point be, because be mine. Into submission. <laughs> I know. I, I, I didn't want to get this complicated, and I know it's, just, it, it's hard to explain I, over just without seeing visuals. With visuals, I can explain it really easily, but obviously, we're, it's a podcast. We're going to include yeah. a video in the show notes that I had found. I probably should have included it's free to watch Thomas before we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like, if if you watch it. Couple with this, I think you'll you'll get it because the video yeah. visualizes it really well, but perhaps lap, lacks the ultimate explanation. I know okay. a lot and of I times where video too. Sorry, I can make a video too if you want. From what I've explained, I can make you a short two minute video to show you exactly what I'm talking about. If that helps you too, I don't mind. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean a lot a lot of times with complicated topics like this, like there's always a few loose threads, but mm. uh, you've definitely explained a lot of it really well because I felt like there were definitely things that kind of clicked in a place. While I was listening to this, like when we first started talking, you started saying like puts and calls. And I was like, oh, I what? <laughs> You're like, I give <laughs> up. Prices? That's it. <laughs> Is this bowling? Yeah. But now like a lot of it started to click into place and I'm, I'm sort of building a conceptual picture of the whole thing. So hopefully that has happened for our audience as well. Um, I know you have a website where you're teaching a lot of this stuff. So where can people go to learn more? Yeah. So I have a, it's called Sharper Trades, um, S-H-A-R-P-E-R trades with an S dot com. And on there, there's courses. I teach all option trading courses. My partner teaches technical analysis. Mm-hmm. But anything to do with options, I've got like eight different courses. And I take you all the way from explaining like kind of how we started this with what an option actually is. You know, a leveraged instrument, strike prices, expiration, mm-hmm. all the way into trading verticals. We, we kind of talked about call and put verticals. And then there's a whole other process of making and managing trades to get the best results. Because just putting them on is one thing, but there's actually things you can do to make and manage your trades to get the best results as well. So I, I basically took like, I figured I've done like probably 10,000 hours, like your Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours as far as like learning and trading. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and then what I've tried to do is take all these complicated concepts, which were super complicated to me in the beginning, and make them accessible to everybody. Because it, it's not rocket science. It's just scary because you don't know it. You've never heard it before. So yeah. my whole goal with my course is to take something that sounds super complicated and go like, listen, man, it's not that complicated. It's not rocket science. Are it's there actually, visuals? 
Yeah, a lot of visuals. <laughs> Good. Everything that explains Good. pictures. As, yeah, yeah. No, like I said, I'll, I'll happily put together like a two, three, four, five-minute video that everything we've covered today, I promise you, will clear it up for you guys as well as to like exactly what's going on with like the verticals and what options are. Yeah, absolutely. Just, we'll include in the show notes. Um, okay. Because I think a lot of people will be interested. And, you know, this is like kind of the, the wedding of the palette. But yeah. if you were interested and perhaps wanted to attempt to make money on this or, or play the statistics, your courses go deeper in that. Yeah, I, I take you from ground zero, like today, where you know absolutely nothing. You've just maybe heard the term calls and puts, and that's as far as you've ever gone, all the way into trading, you know, advanced strategies like selling puts and calls naked. I'm making one now with strangles and straddles, which is like naked options as well. But iron condors, which are this really thing. just sounds like a porn thing. <laughs> naked with strangles and straddles, like yeah. <laughs> pretty, sure I, pretty sure I saw a video on that too, but it wasn't on YouTube. Yeah, and like I said, I know this is a lot to cover in one time. Mm. If you guys have any interest in doing this more often, I'd be happy to be like your options guy. You know, to tell you more about it, get into more detail, or go over this again, maybe maybe a little bit clearer, because I know we kind of like got deep into the woods on this one, and we didn't really want to go there. And um, you know, like I said, it, it really is something you should add to your repertoire. It's believe it or not, if you know what you're doing with options, they're actually safer to trade than stocks. I know it sounds crazy; nobody's going to believe me, but they are because well, it's kind of making sense now. So. Yeah, because even with stocks, as much as you believe. If you own a stock, it can go down. Yep. And there's nothing you can do about it. And mm -hmm. if you own 100 shares or 1,000 shares or something, that's a lot of money if it goes down five or 10 bucks. Exactly. You know, and you can play the same game with options with on a much smaller scale and still have plenty of profits with much less risk. Yeah. The idea of bounding your losses is definitely something that is, I think, is going to be a lot of attractive to a lot of people. Cool. Well, Cal, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I always love it when we do like a really meaty technical episode. I feel like I'm learning something uh, really complicated. So this has been awesome. And uh, if to anybody listening to this, we're going to have lots of detail in the show notes. We'll have that video. We'll have a link to Cal's website, sharpertrades.com. All sorts of extra information for you to dig into if this was interesting. And if you're just as confused, have some more mm -hmm. threads that are loose like I do. Uh, so check that out. Listenmoneymatters.com slash show where you can find all the show notes to our episodes. And you can also find our favorite apps, resources, books, all kinds of cool stuff that we use to improve our financial lives at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So check out those resources. Thanks as always for listening. And we'll see you in next week's episode. Later, guys. Later, man. Bye. Please tell your friends about this show. <laughs>